A group of entitled Karens make a subway worker's life a living nightmare. And after watching them scream at this subway worker who was making their sandwiches for over 15 minutes, I decided that enough was enough. So I decided to get some revenge. Here's what happened. On a day I was off work, I was craving a sandwich at lunchtime on a hot day. I traveled to the nearest subway and I got in line. As it was noontime, there were quite a few people in line. And as many places are kind of in the same boat, they seemed understaffed. And I totally get that the store is doing the best that they can. There was one young teenage girl who was making all the sandwiches while a manager was ringing up the orders when not helping with condiments. So while waiting in line at Subway with six other people, I was behind a group of three older ladies who are the Karens of this story. While not the complete spitting image of most Karens, you could tell from how they talked with each other that they were the kind of person with resting jerk face, if you know what I mean. So it came time to have their sandwiches made. And of course, every one of them wanted a very custom sandwich. They wanted this specific meat, but they wanted a little bit more cheese put on it. They wanted it toasted, but not too much. And then halfway through their order, they wanted to switch bread. They went on and on doing this. It was incredibly annoying as the one girl tried to keep up, but was getting frustrated and stressed out. Then the manager stepped over, trying to help out. But with these entitled Karens, they were not happy with anything. After 15 minutes of making each of these ladies sandwiches, it finally came time to pay up. Down to the register they went as my meatball sub was quick made and passed down. I order plain bread, some meat and sauce, and a little bit of ranch. So I just waited behind them. The manager rang up the old bats and when the total came out to be around 30 bucks, they absolutely exploded. They started to say, we waited forever to be served and then you two couldn't even make a sandwich. We want it for free. They whined and screamed over and over again. I eventually got fed up and after listening to this for a few minutes, I stepped up and said, listen, I'll take the sandwiches. Add them to my order. The old crows grinned and thought that they had won. So I went ahead and paid for the four sandwiches and added my drinks and chips. After my card was approved and I was handed my receipt, I picked up my four newly bought sandwiches and I got my drink. Now, as I started paying, these entitled Karens went to go sit at a table. After getting my drink, I headed to the door to leave with my food in my hand. And it's right then that my plan for revenge started to fall into place. One of the entitled Karens spoke up and said, Um, excuse me, you still have our food. Are you not going to bring it to us? Receipt in hand, holding it up, I said to them, nope, I paid my money for my food, and I'm going to take it back with me to work. And then I started heading to the door. This crazy old entitled Karen gets up and begins to chase me out the door, which I honestly didn't mind. The staff had enough of them, and I can happily deal with some crazy person. She said to me, you need to give us our food, or we will call the cops and have you arrested. So I said, please be my guest. I assure you they won't be doing anything about this. One of them then started to pull out a phone and call while the others began telling me how I must love stealing from old ladies and how they knew this person or that person and that I was going to be in jail for a long time. Well, they called. I stood there not saying a word, which is hard to do being belittled, but I had the store basically watching outside at this point. Soon enough, a few units pulled in and as they got out and approached me, a look of confusion crossed their face. Once they confirmed that I was the guy they were calling about, they said to me, well, apparently you stole their sandwich and demanded money from them. So I said to them, well, look into it. Ask the clerk and manager who paid for the sandwiches and take a look at this receipt. One officer walked in and spoke with the store while the other listened to these women insinuate that I took the food from them. The shock was priceless once the other one came out and confirmed that I paid for them and the store also wanted the three trespass for disturbance. And while I was released to go ahead and leave, I decided to go back in and eat my food. At the end of it all, the three were banned from the store and left with an even more 
more sour look on their face. And I've honestly never been happier to watch three Karens get put in their place. That's a really funny way of getting back at a Karen. I would have never thought to buy someone's food and then walk out with it and be like, what do you want? I bought your food. Your food is mine and I'm taking it with me. Like that really is funny in my opinion. I mean, I don't know about you, but standing in line at Subway and waiting for someone to figure their order out or at least watching them boss around the person who's making the sandwich is incredibly disturbing and so weird. Like seriously, you're going to Subway. If you wanted something that was like super high quality as well as something that's going to be detailed exactly the way you want it, then you should probably just go to the store and get the material and make a sandwich yourself. So it's genius that the original poster stepped in and literally just took their meal from them. That's incredibly funny. But also, it's even better that these Karens got banned from the store. And honestly, they really had that coming because the way they were acting was super inappropriate and they absolutely deserve to have that happen. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. Two entitled parents leave their child at a church for free babysitting, not coming back for five hours and causing us a lot of worry and a lot of panic. Here's what happened. So I was working at a very large church that has about 2,000 members and on Sundays I ran the audio and video booth. We had three services, a 7 o'clock early morning service, the main service at 10 o'clock and a late service at 11.30. Each service ran about an hour and 15 minutes. One Sunday during the 10 a.m. service, the pastor's wife went into labor three weeks early. The pastor left in the middle of his sermon and the youth pastor took over. The youth pastor did a great job of taking over and wishing the mother and baby well with service wrapping up early. We had a quick meeting to decide what to do about the 11.30 service and the youth pastor volunteered to give a sermon that he prepared for the youth group later in the week. It was his first time giving a sermon in front of that many people up on the big stage. He was nervous and rolled through it pretty quickly, then forgot about the closing songs, so church ended at about 12.15 instead of the normal 12.45. Everyone had cleared out of the church by 12.30. I shut down all the equipment and turned out the lights and went down the hall to make sure the lights were out in the classrooms just like I normally did. One light was on, and that's when I found Sarah, who is another church employee who worked in the nursery on Sundays. Sarah is not her real name. She was sitting in a rocking chair rocking a toddler, and I saw tears rolling down Sarah's face. I asked her what was wrong, and she could hardly speak. She was so upset. She said the toddler's parents had dropped him off before the early service, and they never came back. The poor baby had been there for almost five hours. The parents had not given a contact number. All Sarah knew was the child's first name. I immediately called the youth pastor, who quickly turned around and came back to the church. The child was very out of sorts, either hungry or tired. We had snacks, but no food, and there wasn't really a place for the kid to sit down and have a nap. I ran to get some chicken nuggets while they figured out what to do. When I got back, a couple had pulled in right in front of me. They asked where everyone was, and I said the church had ended early. They said, okay, we're just here to pick up our son. I wasn't about to get involved with the drama, so I just unlocked the door and I let them in. The youth pastor was livid and lit into them. It turns out the parents wanted some alone time and had been dropping their kid off at church and then leaving to go do some stuff. They had been doing this for weeks, dropping him off at about 7.45 a.m. and then coming to pick him up at about 12.45 p.m. Here's the part where the parents are really entitled. They got mad at the youth pastor for ending church early. They yelled at him for endangering their child and threatened to sue. The dad was up in the youth pastor's face and I thought that they might start fighting, but the youth pastor was a big dude and I think that kept the dad from doing anything else. I didn't stay in there. I went into the next room with Sarah and the child and I gave him the chicken nuggets, which he gulped down. The parents finally took the kid and left. The 
the youth pastor and his wife took us to lunch because we were still upset by the whole thing. I think about that kid a lot, and I just hope that the parents treat that kid right. Those parents are super irresponsible. First off, you can't just leave your kid like that for five hours and then get up in this other guy's face and be like, wow, you ended church early. Like, are you kidding me? This is not a babysitting service. Those parents are not only entitled, but they are clearly completely clueless about taking care of their kid. If anyone's endangering that kid, it's those parents. So honestly, good on the youth pastor for standing up and not taking that garbage for a second. Those parents were awful, and hopefully nothing like that ever happens again. Am I the jerk for not including another student in my free time activities, even though they complain every time I do include them? Here's what happened. So I am a master student from the United States conducting capstone fieldwork in Africa. Jane is another student from my program in the same country, different city, and about an hour's drive away. John is an undergrad who is also here, living in the same guest house as me, and working for the same host organization. John and Jane are not their real names. We all share an academic advisor at our university, hence all of us going to the same country to conduct work. I don't see Jane often, and we aren't close friends, so we don't communicate much. I ride to and from work every day with John, but that is about the extent of our interactions, because he and I have next to nothing in common. I'm into mountain climbing, whitewater rafting, and sports. I like going for runs in the morning and trying new foods, and I am fairly sociable, so I have made friends at the host organization. John, on the other hand, is not athletically inclined whatsoever, and has seriously struggled whenever I tried to include him in my free time activities. He complained to our advisor that he didn't feel safe when accompanying me on set activities, but never once raised those opinions to me directly. He doesn't like trying new food, and is conversationally challenged when it comes to talking with people here. Following the incident with him complaining to the advisor about my disregard for his safety, I stopped trying to include him in my free time activities. He then also complained to my advisor that I was excluding him and preventing him from bonding with the host organization. I play church league soccer with one of our co-workers, so we've become close through that. I don't think he's found any inroads to make friends such as this. Recently, my advisor and Jane separately expressed their dissatisfaction with my lack of effort to include John. I know John communicates with them more than I do, so that's how they're aware. They said as peers from the same university, I should be making sure he gets along better and including him in my activities. I respectfully disagreed and said it wasn't my responsibility to make sure some kid is having fun, especially after he complained when I did include him. Jane said I was being a jerk and the advisor said I need to be more inclusive and a better role model for John. So what do you think? Am I the jerk for refusing to care? What should I do? Jane and the advisor are completely wrong here. John is being antisocial. If you try to include him in stuff, he complains about his safety. But if you decide not to invite him, he then complains that you're not including him. So honestly, when it comes to John, what do you want? If you want to be included in the stuff I'm doing and feel like you're getting to know the host organization, then guess what? We're going to be doing stuff that requires athleticism. And if you don't have that and you don't want to be involved, you don't then have the right to turn around and start complaining about it. Like that just seems incredibly petty. And I would personally explain that to all the people complaining to you. And I'm right there with you. You are not responsible for this grown adult as well as their experience while you're studying. You've tried to include John. You've literally gone out of your way to be like, hey, come along with me. Let's go try and do this fun thing or whatever. But John is literally being a stick in the mud and he's being no fun for you or anyone else. So I seriously would not worry about this in the slightest because in my opinion, you are absolutely not the jerk. 
Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I am starting to feel frustrated or resentful that my boyfriend won't move out on his own. And at this point, I seriously don't know what to do. So my boyfriend is very hesitant to move out of his family's home. We have been together a little under a year and have known each other for about four years. From 2021 till now, I have moved out of a toxic home situation and have been paying my own bills and trying to take care of myself and my health. When I first moved out, I was making around minimum wage and this is all with a bachelor's degree and live about 20 minutes from one of the most dangerous cities in America. My boyfriend has a great career in technology. He has a pretty hefty salary and does not pay rent at home. It sounds great, but his family doesn't allow much autonomy and boundaries. They aren't super awful like my parents were, but it seems there is an enmeshment. His brother also moved back home with his family of five, which makes things a lot worse. One of his brother's children is also very autistic and has behavioral issues. And then there is the daughter of the girlfriend who is 15 years old. They all live in the downstairs basement. His brother and their family have been there for a while, and my boyfriend's quality of life has seemed to go downhill. His mental health hasn't been the best, and he hasn't been able to keep his routine and have his space. My boyfriend also says he is still in his twin bed and doesn't have much space in his room anymore for things that he wants. We did look at possible apartments for him to live in. We went on many tours and had a lot of information and he eventually backed out. At first he said he's anticipating possible expenses and wants to save a year's worth of salary, which is about $84,000. Then he said he wasn't sure when he would move out. And just the other night, he said that he needs to be a good example for his little nephews who are three and five years old. This is actually my first time hearing this. He said he needs to be there because his brother and the children's mother are not protective in getting the autistic child his needs. While I do understand that, I let him know he needs better boundaries with his family and they will use him if he is not careful. I don't want to be too pushy, but does this look like a red flag to anybody else? My therapist told me today to focus on myself and things I need to do and give it at least six months to check in and see if the relationship is headed in the right direction and to see if he is serious about what he's going to do. I'm in graduate school, so there's no rush to be married or anything like that, but I can't imagine being two years with a man who isn't making the effort to change his situation. What should I do? Honestly, it kind of seems like your therapist has a good head on your shoulders, and I also think there's a lot of nuance involved with this situation. I think face value obviously makes it seem like he's still living at home, and it may seem like he doesn't want to move out because there's no rent to pay while he's at home, but I kind of get the sense that there's more going on here than anybody realizes. I mean, there are a lot of people living in that house and it kind of makes me think that maybe there's something going on that he's not really willing to tell you about. Maybe he really is trying to look out for the children of that house and him leaving would probably cause some kind of problem. I think regardless, it wouldn't be a bad idea to worry about yourself for this time. There's clearly something going on that maybe he hasn't fully told you about and that's the reason why he's choosing to stay in that home. But either way, hopefully this works out for you as well as your boyfriend because this really does sound like a tricky situation and hopefully with some time 
time and a little bit of money saved up, things can change for the better. Am I the jerk for wanting to sleep alone in the spare bedroom? Here's what happened. So I've been dating my girlfriend for the past three years. The relationship has been going great and I love how amazing she is, but lately I've been tired. We decided to move into a new apartment two months ago and I also took a new job. The new job has been a bit stressful compared to my last job. Luckily, I am still getting time for my personal hobbies, like going to the gym or going out with my girlfriend. Now, the problem I want to talk about is my lack of sleep. I've been sleeping alone since I was 15 years old, and now sleeping with someone else is kind of bothering me. I am used to the peace of sleeping alone. My girlfriend likes to sleep with a fan on, takes up too much space in the bed, and most importantly, she snores sometimes, which ruins my sleep completely. She also has no concern for my sleep as she wakes up before me and either switches on light or makes noises. I am used to sleeping seven to eight hours a day, but for the past few months, I have been sleeping only four to five hours because of this. So finally, I got frustrated and I confronted her about this. I know my girlfriend can't change in a day, so I proposed I will just sleep in the other room peacefully. When I said this, she got upset and was furious about this suggestion. She believes sleeping together is a sign of love between a couple and that she likes cuddling or sleeping on top of me and says I should just get used to it. She now thinks that I don't find her attractive, but that just isn't true at all. I love my girlfriend, but all I want is a peaceful good night's sleep. So am I the jerk for wanting to sleep alone in a spare bedroom? What should I do? Honestly, there's nothing wrong with wanting to sleep in a spare bedroom just to try and get some kind of sleep. It doesn't mean you don't like your girlfriend. Obviously, you do love her. You wouldn't be with her if you didn't like her in the first place. So that argument of saying, oh no, you don't want to sleep in the same bed as me, oh, you must hate me. That, in my opinion, is just ridiculous. She clearly doesn't understand this from your perspective, and clearly she's seeing this just from what she wants. And if you can't sleep with another person in the bed, then maybe it's time to make a change. So hopefully she can try and see where you're coming from. Because based on what you've described, it really doesn't sound like you're being irrational. And if anything, it kind of seems like your girlfriend is being a bit selfish. My girlfriend is absolutely terrible with her money, and I am now nervous about our future, and I seriously don't know what to do. So my girlfriend and I have been together for a year. I'm a 22-year-old male, and she is 21 years old. I have been trying to save up as much as humanly possible to try and save up for a house. I was in the military and was stashing around 33% of each paycheck into savings, as well as meticulously budgeting, watching my Rocket Money account, Nerd Wallet account, etc. I'm decently frugal, but I do also love to spend some of my money here and there on random things, whether it's a new Xbox game or a new part for my Harley, etc. My girlfriend at 17 bought a $30,000 car with $2,000 down payment and proceeded to be underwater on the loan two years later when the value of the car dipped beneath what her loan was. She frequents Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks almost every single day. She always goes to Target on shopping sprees while always eating out and gets her hair done every two months, which averages to about $600 to $1,000. All of this on top of her $600 car payment. Needless to say, she hardly puts any money away. And this is all off of a $2,500 monthly salary. She is going to be trading her car in for another one, which will essentially help her break even on her current car and taking another $30,000 loan with no money down towards this new vehicle, all while making less since she'll be going back to school part-time. I asked her what the APR for her loan was, and she stated she didn't even know. All of these expenses on top of just shy of $100,000 in student loans. She gets upset that I'm concerned and get on her about her money, but I'm only doing it because I don't want her trapped in endless debt at such a young age, especially when we are looking to move out soon. So right now, I'm honestly not sure how to go about fixing 
recording this, and I seriously don't know what to do. First and foremost, I think it's important to know that obviously you guys fall on different spectrums when it comes to how you spend your money. Obviously, you try to be as frugal as possible. I mean, at one point, you were stashing away 33% of your paychecks every single time and just throwing it into savings, trying to save up so you can buy a house someday. And that honestly is a really smart move in my opinion. It's wise to think about the money you're going to need for your future, and you clearly have a good head on your shoulders in that regard. But your girlfriend is obviously much different. She seems to make money disappear on stuff that probably shouldn't be bought. Now, don't get me wrong. People can buy stuff, and they should be able to buy whatever they want, whether it's clothes or eating food or whatever it might be. Those are luxury items that if you can afford it, it's totally fine. But going overboard and being frivolous with your spending, that in my opinion can be a massive red flag. It's not only really dangerous financially, but it's also not fair for your partner. I mean, it really seems like the original posters trying to make a future for them. And unfortunately, it doesn't seem like his girlfriend is on the same page at all. And that is something that definitely needs to change. So honestly, if I was in your shoes, I would sit down and have a talk with her. It's time to set out what your financial goals are between the two of you. I mean, if you do plan on spending the rest of your life with her, even though it is really early to be thinking about that kind of stuff, you need to consider the financial aspect, in my opinion. That is such an important aspect to this. Because hypothetically, you could combine your money at some point, and then suddenly your money is going to become her money. And if she is needlessly spending and taking on loans that she's clearly not ready for, this really could spell disaster. So hopefully you can find some kind of middle ground when it comes to spending money, because the way she's doing it right now seems really reckless. And if you're not careful, this could really be damaging in the future. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.